Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, Nick Casario was on Texans All Access uh, last night, and... Was asked about the combine. I like Nick's view on the combine because I think he's got the appropriate amount of of uh, weight applied to each of the different things. He doesn't seem to be somebody who gets married to forty times and bench presses and whatnot. He does think the interviews are very, very important. I would say the primary focus. I would say for us are the interviews. Mm-hmm. Not that the workouts don't matter on the field, right? But. All right, you just have to be careful about how much stock you actually put into that. But it's a real good opportunity, kind of in a formal setting. You have 15 minutes. Not that you're going to get anything accomplished in 15 minutes, but you have an opportunity to sort of get a feel for a player maybe you hadn't met with. And then the informal interview process, you can do a little bit more of the heavy lifting. So I would say what we're noticing, what I'm noticing, is less and more and more teams are taking less and less people and less and less coaching staff to the combine because they're better served to kind of focus on football. But there's mechanisms and the technology available if you wanted to zoom a coach in or zoom somebody in during an interview. You have the capacity and ability to do that. So I think it's being efficient with your time, being productive with your time, and what's the best way to kind of balance all that off. The first thing I would say that I thought of when I heard him saying that, Seth, was if the Texans had the number one pick in the draft last year, which was not a quarterback year, I hear that, and I'm like, okay, Nick is not a guy who's going to get Trayvon Walker. You know, like Trayvon Walker yeah. elevated to where he was in that draft last year after the combine, after people said, wow. I mean, he played on a really good defense in Georgia with a lot of guys on it. He was not the guy that popped yeah. the most on that defense, but he had incredible workouts at the combine last what, year. What, I guess what was that? What about that particular soundbar right there would make you think that? that that he doesn't get caught up in the in the uh, the workouts at the combine like the, the, the I, okay yeah I don't I don't think that I don't think it's that he doesn't care about the workouts it's that he doesn't think you have to be there in person to to know or see oh, okay. what the results are okay um like no he definitely doesn't overinflate it I don't think at all like they want to guy he's I think he's in that school of people that want to see that first and foremost you're a football player and then we'll use the physical tools but they don't want to necessarily waste waste a lot of time on guys who who have the physical skills but who aren't actual football players so i the way i've always understood it when nick has talked about it is that they want to be sure that guys are spending their time in the most efficient way possible and sometimes traveling to indianapolis to take your hand time of a guy's running the 40 where you got it on video and everything you need to see is already there. Whereas with the interviews, you might have very specific questions that you want to ask. Um, and a lot of times, too, that's where I think with the interviews, and, and I would imagine Nick probably has broken this down because he, he studies a lot of this. But, like, look, with interviews, they're notoriously fallible in terms of judging exactly how good somebody's going to be at their job. 
So I think if you're if you're using the interviews to see if a guy's got the killer instinct or if he's got or if you're basically if you're judging his social skills, then they're useless. I think in football, what a lot of the GMs and coaches want to know is specifically like, okay, this let's look at these plays that didn't go well. What was happening here? Let's look at this play. Why did you make this read? All of that. And then you can get on a very nuts and bolts level, get some answers to questions you might have. And then also the big red flag is like, okay, this guy's had three months to think about this play I'm about to show. A, does he remember it? B, does he have a good, is he pointing fingers about it? You know, sometimes it won't be his fault, but there's a way a guy might say it where you can tell like, okay, wow, even under these circumstances, this guy is blaming somebody else. Like this is, uh, we got to be, we got to think about this versus the guy that at least knows enough to, at the very least knows enough to fake responsibility, but some guys can't even fake it. And then, you know, you got a, something you might have to address. Do you feel like when you're laying that out, I mean, obviously you can show a play to a player at any position, you know, a cornerback. Hey, what happened here? Were you handing the guy off to the safety? Was that the safety's fault? That kind of thing. When I hear you laying that out, I'm like, okay, I think a quarterback immediately because they make them get up on the whiteboard yeah. and do their thing. Are the interviews at the combine in your mind way more important for the quarterbacks than they are for any other player? Yeah, probably. I think that. Um, I mean, you're just the, you're the most front facing guy in the organization on the yeah, roster. Yeah, any, I guess any because I think for quarterbacks, that's where I guess that is a front facing position. And if a guy doesn't have really, if a guy doesn't have some kind of communication skills in a formal environment like an interview like that, yeah, then yeah, that might be something to think about more so than a nose tackle or a, a left guard or something like that. There's. Plenty of antisocial, awesome football players yes. in other positions. At quarterback, it's harder to be antisocial. I, I feel like Nick needs me in those interviews just to rate their juice. I need to know, yeah. you know what, Nick? I know you put them up on the whiteboard and you can get into the content of their answers and was it a smart answer? Did he get it right? All those things. Sean, what did you think of their juice factor? Nine and yeah. a half. Did you see his Dr. Pepper <laughs> commercial also? He's incredible. Yeah. But that, you know, but it, that can be misleading too because it is still, it's one little slice of an interview. And I, one thing I see with it all the time at Combines um, when scouts talk about the Combine is they like to watch these, uh, watch the quarterbacks and see what kind of natural leaders they are. And, oh, yeah, you just see guys gravitate around them. And you're like, man, yeah, sometimes because that's just that guy's like really, really funny. You know, again, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the best leader or uh, the, the right kind of guy. It, it certainly shows that he's not a dud when it comes to the personality department. Um, but I think like with any of those things, the, the thing that encourages me about Nick is that there's almost no attribute that he'll talk about where he doesn't say, hey, this is one of many things. Sure. You know, he's always keeping in context. <laughs> there's never course. like one overriding you're like, wow, I saw him in the combine drills, and, man, guys were just around this guy. Bryce Young was just holding court. He must be an awesome leader. Yeah. Like, all right, well, you're talking about a bunch of other quarterbacks in a very artificial environment that has nothing to do with winning or losing. This isn't, this isn't a 5 a.m. workout in the offseason. Like, what kind of a leader is he then? You don't know. you got to talk to other people about that stuff. There was a, uh, there was a question in the interview last night towards the end of the interview. with. Uh, and he, it, I would go back and listen to it if I were you. I'm sure the Texans have it on their website and their YouTube channel. Nick Casario sitting down with John Harris and Mark Vandermeer. Some really good stuff in there about how he's working with D'Amico so far and things like that. It's definitely worth your, worth your time. The very last question that John Harris asked was asked in sort of a tone like, he asked about people – I'll let you hear the question. He asked about people walking up to Nick and asking about the salary cap space that they have. 
going into this offseason, which is they, yeah. for, you know, Nick finally does have some room to work with now with the salary cap. Um, so take a listen to the question and then listen to the answer. Then I have a personal anecdote that ties into this. <laughs> I would imagine, this is just me reading it to this, that as a GM, when you hear people say, well, they have cap space, that's got to be one of the worst things to hear because everybody expects, well, you have cap space, you got to go spend, <laughs> and yet you have so many different things that I don't think people are taking into account. you got the rookie class. You've got some other uh, renegoti- renegotiations. So, yes, you do have cap space, but, Nick, that gets eaten up pretty, pretty quickly with one or two transactions either way. It's a great point, John. And what we try to do is really look at it in two-year windows or two-year blocks. So wherever we are currently here in March of 2023, I mean, February, March of 2023, we go through the free agent process. We'll be at a certain point. However many players we draft, okay, there's another called 18 to 20 million that you're probably going to eat up. And then you have operating expenses during the course of the year that you're going to practice squad, injured reserve. So you want to make sure that you know you have a little bit of a uh, uh, room yeah. to operate more than anything, and then start to think about all right, where are we going to be 2024? So you're kind of looking at two year windows. Um, but to your point, like one transaction could eat up a substantial amount. It doesn't mean that you can't do it. It just means if you do that there's going to be some level of trickle-down, and you just have to be able to plan and adjust accordingly. Okay, the way, the way John Harris kind of asked that question and sort of the tone that he had, everybody knows I love Johnny, but he asked that question as if the person walking up and asking Nick about the cap space is kind of a bit of a dullard, right? Like it's a, and all I could think about was before D'Amico's press conference a couple of weeks ago, there was a little pre-reception that people have seen the footage of where D'Amico kind of met with some of the media members and shook hands and said hi to people. And Nick was there, and I walked over. Nick was kind of standing off to the side, and I walked over to say hi to him. And first thing we talked about was the Royal Rumble. Of course, we got that out of the way. But then the very next thing I said to him was, hey, man, it's got to feel good to have all this cap space this year. <laughs> it's literally the first thing I brought up with him. And he well, was, he was kind of like, he <laughs> he went from like, happy-go-lucky talking about the Royal Rumble, Nick, straight into interview mode. He's like, well, you know, the draft class eats some of that up, and there's not as much as you'd think. And I'm like, ooh. Uh, Sean, yeah. you know, it sounds like he gave you that look that somebody might give their cousin a look when uh, their cousin finds out that you – let's say your cousin finds out you've had a financial windfall, and all of a sudden, like, Cousin Eddie comes up. I was like, so, Dude. so things must be pretty good, huh? Yeah, well, you know, I would tell you, I've got some things brewing up in the old noggin here about ways we could spend that money. Yeah, <laughs> Totally. The analogy I was thinking of as I was driving in listening to this this morning, as I was re-listening to the interview this morning on the way in, it's like when you're a kid and you hand your parents a Christmas list, you show your Christmas list you're sending to Santa, and it's completely yeah. unreasonable for what your parents' means are to... <laughs> yeah. And your parents are like, look... You know, if you don't get all these things, it doesn't mean Santa doesn't love you. It doesn't mean yeah. that, uh, you know, like, like let's pump the brakes here. Nick was basically my parents when I gave them an exorbitant. I, I'm like, Mommy, Daddy, I would like Javon Hargrave. I would like Jesse Bates. I'd like a center for our rookie quarterback. Okay, but if Santa doesn't bring all those things. Yeah. So you can imagine, play the question one more time, Ben. As I'm, as I'm listening to this question, Johnny's like, let's talk salary cap. I would imagine, this is just me reading it to this, that – as a GM, 
when you hear people say, well, they have cap space, that's got to be oh, one of the worst God. things to hear that's because right. everybody expects, you. well, you have cap yeah. space, totally you got to go spend, <laughs> yep. and yeah. yet you yep. have so many different things that I don't think people are taking it into account. You got definitely the wasn't taking it into account. You've got some other uh, renegoti- renegotiations. Right. I wasn't so, taking it that either, John. do have Steven cap Nelson. space, but... Nick, that gets eaten up pretty, pretty quickly with. Yeah. And that's what he ended yeah. up telling me. Yeah. Yeah. Listening to that, that I'm like, that's exactly what I was doing yeah. to Nick at that reception. Yeah. You're too focused on the negative, Sean. Uh, because what else did Nick say in that exchange? He said, well, we look at it in a two year window. I'm looking at the two year window, 2024. Give it to Texans me. have the second most cap space Hell right yeah, now, 187 do. million. Hell He's yeah, we do. Just Sign every all-pro from this year's all-pro roster. Get them on in. Seems pretty team. simple to me, does it not? We're going to yeah. be the first team to only have 22 guys on our whole roster. We're just going to buy pro bowlers. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you honestly, the, the, team, the team that's sitting pretty right this moment, if you wanted to, like, um, we'll, we'll be the person that John Harris hates and just talk about, like, uh, like, salary cap, like it's the savior of everything. But having said that, of the top – Five teams with salary cap space right now. One of these does not look like the others. I'll read them. There's the Bears. There's the Falcons. There's the Raiders. There's the Texans. And then there's the Giants. Like oh. the Giants. The Giants this year was supposed to be a team that was like, all right, we are whatever the the Chiefs claim people were saying about them. Yeah. This is a rebuild. We've stripped it down to the nuts, and we're just going to try to see. And then all of a sudden, boom, they make the playoffs. The, the one thing I'll say that will make you feel better about that, yeah. you know, because, I, yeah, I hear that. I'm like, oh, crap, the Giants are going to be a problem. They've got to pay Daniel Jones if they want to keep him, and they've got to pay Saquon Barkley if they want to keep him. Ew. Those are two big-ticket items that the Giants need to focus in on. So that, God, has that draft in Saquon Barkley when they drafted Saquon Second Barkley. overall. Uh, like, Second overall. Uh, All right, Payne. Freaking. <laughs> well, this is a good segue because that happened yeah. in New York. Uh, you know, in New York is if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere because you get criticized for the slightest of things. Could Aaron Rodgers survive in New York? A Giants legend says, hell no, he can't. You'll hear it next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.